This is your Bears postgame show. We're with you for two hours after every Bears game this season. I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We just heard from Matt Nagy, and he told us what he thought about the Bears win, including his decision to go to Nick Foles. Howard, what were your thoughts about what Matt Nagy told us in the postgame? Well, I thought it was interesting that he kept referring to the relationships uh, that you have at the quarterback position. Uh, from a business standpoint and also personal relationships. So I, I was not surprised when he was non-committal uh, to Nick Foles, but don't worry. That's <laughs> where he's going. I, I think he just wants to be able uh, to sit down with Mitch, go through the film and, and have a discussion. So Mitch understands where things are going to go moving forward. And, and I think that's a positive thing. And I think that's a, a, a good message. And I think it's a good way uh, to handle a situation like this. Yeah, it definitely feels like uh, September 27th, 2020 is probably where we've closed the book on the Mitch Trubisky era, at least in terms of Chicago Bears history. Something strange would probably have to happen for us to see Mitch really become the starter. Uh, You know, again, this feels like it is the end. Finally, you can't envision a scenario where, you know, he's back next season. Um, You know, it, it just it just feels unlikely today. Certainly injuries could change that, but it feels like the Nick Foles era has begun and uh, we've closed the book on Mitch Trubisky. Let's head on out to Minneapolis and say hello to Mark, who's listening, I assume, on the ESPN app. Hey, Mark, you're on with uh, Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I just wanted to say I was always under the belief that it was always Mitch. The, The last few years, the offensive problems was always Mitch. Not 100%. Nagy had mistakes here and there. But when when Nick Foles came in, you've seen a difference in a team. You've seen a rhythm. And I think from here on out, we're going to see the true Matt Nagy, the offense that he always wanted to run. And I don't know if you guys noticed, or maybe I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but did you even notice the receivers, like the rhythm and the timing of the offense? Like they had to get adjusted to how fast the ball was coming out with Nick Foles as opposed to um, Mitch Trubisky. Like, they were kind of caught off guard and had to get used to them. Uh, I don't know, but good win. I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Okay, Mark, thanks for the call. It's, it's interesting when you, when you start to think about the rhythm and you talk about the rhythm of, of the game, and, and that probably shows up more when they're running slant routes and when they're running uh, corner routes, as we saw some being run, or post routes. Uh, it, it was one, two, three, the ball is out. You know, you just a rhythm, and, and you have to get accustomed to that. But Let's not forget, there were a couple of footballs that were thrown in arm's way mm-hmm. uh, that were just flat out missed by the Atlanta defenders that could have also changed the course of this game. So as we've talked about it, yeah, he came in and, and sparked the team and got things going, but there were some mighty struggles early. It all wasn't perfect for him. There's no doubt about it, and like when I, but I do say that on a whole, you know, if you want to look at this on a macro level, the Bears gave Mitch Trubisky an opportunity to go out and prove them wrong once and for all and win his job outright. He couldn't he really couldn't do that. He couldn't hold on, give you ten quarters, and at that point, you know, Matt Nagy talked about it. It was it was time they needed to move, you know, just to get an offensive spark, they needed to go to Nick Foles. And as Howard said, it's it feels like that will be, you know, the guy who will be under center going forward would really be stunned if he's not next week when the Bears host the Indianapolis Colts. So I think we're at that point now. Um, and on the macro level though, the bears gave him the chance. He didn't, he wasn't able to grab it. And so now they're three and O and they're three and O and they've been able to move now to Nick Foles 
and you know they're going to move forward with him as their quarterback. And honestly, again, I I just I keep looking at it and saying to myself, they gave Mitch one last chance. He couldn't do it, and now they're still undefeated, and they can move forward and give Nick Foles the reps all week long. Matt Nagy can you know design his offense around Nick Foles, a guy who he trusts. And I just don't think you can look at this in any way but but a positive now. Yeah, absolutely a positive. And, you know, he mentioned it, talking about making sure uh, he can now get a feel for him in the middle of the game as well, right? So he's trying to figure out what kind of calls this should I be making now because uh, Nick wasn't getting those reps. And uh, that's going to be an important part as they continue to design and continue to, I believe, open up this offense, as you mentioned earlier in the show. That's what they've got to be able to do so they, they now can, can start to become the explosive offense they want to be. It's about moving the ball around, getting, getting their guys in space, uh, and trying to make plays happen. Mitch Trubisky did meet the media. I'll let you hear from him shortly. But again, this is the ESP 1000 postgame show. This is the voice of the fans. We let you speak here on ESP 1000. Let's try Steven, who's in Columbus, Ohio, always a loyal listener. Steven, thanks for picking up the phone. What's up, my man? How you guys doing? Excellent. Wow. wow. You know, I, I never thought Nagy had the balls to pull this out. But <laughs> I, I tell you, you know, he was opening himself up to a lot of criticism, no matter how the game would have ended. But at least I think he's probably had enough of blown opportunities, wanting more explosive plays. He's been stating that. And I think when Trubisky overthrew Miller on the similar past that false hit, I think that was probably a strong indictment of just how much Nagy had to put up with it. But at least I give him credit because if the Bears had lost this game, I think the question would have been on Nagy's coaching ability and acumen, which obviously put him on the, you know, the seats would have been a little bit warmer. But one thing I'm a little bit concerned is the running game today just wasn't sharp at all. I think the run blitzes, you know, the interior linemen were just getting pushed around, which was kind of concerning considering how bad South defense was. And then I'm thinking maybe, you know, Snack Harrison, if he's out there and if he wants to come and the price is right, I think the Bears should definitely give him a call. I just, you know, can't see Bears getting pushed around like that, you know, with Todd Gurley with his arthritis and all, but, you know, with more you know, bigger running backs that you're going to face with, you know, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, you know, Jones from the Packers going forward. I just think that the Bears' defense, especially the interior um, side of it, really needs to do some reinforcements. I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair fair question, Stephen, because uh, really they were they were getting pushed around on both, both lines of scrimmage. Uh, offense and defense uh, weren't able to necessarily make plays all the time. Now, defensively, they obviously came through when they needed to, but there were a lot of plays uh, in the run game, particularly for the Bears, where you know the the backs had to make guys miss, break tackles, mm-hmm. just to get back to the line of scrimmage. So that's something that's going to have to continue to get cleaned up. And as far as Nagy uh, stepping up and making a decision. It's not very often that I think you see a head coach make a move like this and his team's 3-0. and 
it, it doesn't happen a lot. Normally, they're 0-2 or 0-3, and, and then they want to make a move. But you're right, Stephen. He, he'd had enough, and he wanted to see more out of his offense. Yeah, that's that's really where it, what it is is the best-case scenario because, like Howard just said, you, it doesn't happen in the NFL where you can exhaust every possibility with a quarterback who you start the season with and be undefeated and make that change. And I, there's, I can't imagine anybody in the city is questioning the decision to go to Nick Foles like he did today. I mean, you gave Mitch as much rope as you possibly could, and you're still undefeated atop the NFC. You've got the Colts coming into town next week. I mean, this is a great situation for the Bears to be in. And I, look, and yeah, can the run game get better? Certainly. They ran for 130 yards, but a lot of that is inflated because of that one long 45-yard run by Mitch You know, at the end of the second quarter where he was able to just take off and the secondary wasn't even watching him. So that obviously inflates the numbers. Um, they didn't have a great game. It's going to be a little more difficult, you know, because you're not going to have Tariq Cohen for the rest of the season. I'd imagine Cordero Patterson will continue to get lots of carries now going forward. Maybe, maybe you can finally lean on David Montgomery a little bit more heavily and, and we'll see more of Ryan Nall going forward because, you know, we won't see Tariq Cohen, but uh, all of that is to say, Hey, they're three and O and they now have the guy under center who I think they finally have more trust in. So it's hard to be critical of this team at this point. On the postgame show, we always let you hear from the quarterback. Well, guess what? We've got, we've got two to hear from today. Coming up next, we'll let you hear from Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. will join us. Uh, he'll let, we'll hear from him as well as hopefully Jeff Dickerson before the show wraps up. We're here till 530. Howard Griffith, Jeff Meller, Bears postgame show on ESPN 1000. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Black and Abdallah. It seems as if this group always has an excuse. But you're That's what I'm saying. Bringing up Javi Bias, and, and I'm saying that he was an MVP candidate before, and now he's struggling. And the one thing that has changed for him is the lack of video. That's a lazy comparison. How is it a lazy comparison? Because I go with what I know. What he, I know. He should be a better player. Black and Abdallah. Weeknights at seven on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Falcons have been really, really good on third downs today. They've played a great job in the press man. They've been doing a good job disguising. And Mitch Trubisky just hasn't been able to figure out this third down yet on the Falcons' defense. There's just one for six on third down today. Third down at eight. Trubisky's pass is picked off. Brady Ray Wilson comes up with the interception for Atlanta. Wilson does a great job. It's a great play called by Raheem Morris. This was supposed to look like man. Everyone backs out into a zone, and right there, Raheem Morris just sits in the zone and waits for the crossing route, right? They've, all they've been doing are crossing routes. Jimmy Graham tries to cut it off. He sees the zone. Mitch Trubisky thought it was still man, tried to lead Jimmy Graham. I don't know. That's the question, uh, Jonathan Vilma on Fox. Was that a uh, great call by Raheem Morris, or was that just Mitch Trubisky proving once and for all that um, he can't properly read a defense? I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith on the ESPN 1000 postgame show. We're here with you for two hours after every Bears game. Howard, um, 
Alex, you have the floor for a moment before we hear from Mitch. Uh, your fi- any thoughts on Mitch's final interception of the day and possibly his final interception for the Bears? <laughs> yeah, it's just been, it's been a tough stretch for him. Listen, we, we've talked a lot about it. Um, he just hasn't been able to, to live up to the expectation uh, of, that he needs to, to play with as far as um, his abilities at the quarterback position. Uh, it was always interesting to me that, you know, he preferred more of the two-minute huddle type of a situation. Um, where he could just go down and he'd had a couple of couple of plays and he knew where the ball needed to go, but but you know he couldn't he couldn't figure it out uh, and mm-hmm. I think you know it's unfortunate and maybe he needs a change of scenery but we'll have to to wait to see that uh, possibly after the after the season but you know it's unfortunate I will say this I'll, I'll give him credit because he always steps up to the mic and answers the question so it, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say um, this evening. Yeah, he did so, and we'll let you hear it uh, right now here. Mitch Trubisky meeting the media today after uh, after being pulled in Atlanta. Hey, Mitch, just take us back to that, that moment on the sideline where Matt comes up to you and, and tells you he, he's going with Nick. What's running through your mind? What, what are the emotions like for you? Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Matt. It was Coach Lazer. Um, it kind of happened out of nowhere. He just said, Nick is up, and, uh, and, and that, that was that, so – I I just accepted the news. I try, I had Nick Nick's back like like he he's had mine and the situation sucked, but it was just the flow of the game, how it was happening. Coach made a decision that he felt was best for the team, and I'm really happy for this team. I mean, they they battled back, and uh, it was awesome to get a W. But uh, it sucks to get news like that. But that's just how it goes. I just gotta control what I can control. Mitch, what? What did you see or not see on the on the last interception there? Uh, I was just working through my progression. Uh, I didn't see the defender in front of Jimmy, and we, we just weren't on the same page. Uh, I was trying to trying to give him the ball, going out the backside, and uh, I didn't see that defender in front of him. So uh, I just got to see in front of throws and make better decisions, and um, obviously got to play better to 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 keep my job. So. It, it, if it all falls back on me for for not playing better in the second in the first half, and uh, when you have crappy plays like that, then uh, you 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 put you put it out of your hands, and it is tough. Mitch, what uh, psychologically? How do you attack things going going from here? You know, when you get to practice, do you, do you think that you will have an opportunity to start? Do you think you deserve it, or do you think Nick has earned the opportunity to start now? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to approach practice, uh, trying trying to perfect my craft, trying to get better, um, always being there for my teammates. And this is still a team-first game. So whoever is first, um, it makes the starter going forward. Uh, that It is what it is, and i got to have his back just like he had mine. So it's always team-first. And uh, But while we're at it, practice, i, I got to just continue to get better, work on my craft, and make sure I'm pushing my teammates because uh, I'm still a leader on this team, and I feel like guys still look at me. So when – when, when bad stuff happens, you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches and and, and keep battling through. And uh, I, we did that in the second half, and I'm proud of the guys for battling back and finding a way to win. And that's how I'm gonna attack practice. Just just keep trying to get better and keep bringing trying to bring a positive attitude every day. Mitch, what was it like for you in the fourth quarter to be where you were, but also watching your team make the comeback they did with a different quarterback? Yeah, you could feel the momentum shift uh, when they weren't really doing anything on offense, and then we were getting the ball with good field position, and then uh, a couple plays here and there, guys were making plays on offense, and they were doing a great job of uh, breaking some tackles and getting the end zone, and and it was exciting. So 
Uh, the offense did a great job second half. Uh, defense came up with a lot of big stops, and uh, it, was a, it was a good team win. It was a great way to finish. Mitch, you've always been uh, very honest uh, and analytical about your own play. Do you feel like after how the first three weeks have gone that it was merited to take you out today? I mean, it's always one game at a time. What I did the first week and the second week doesn't really matter. Um, the fact of the matter was uh, we weren't doing too well in the first half, and Coach felt like making a change and taking me out would help us do better. And uh, the only thing I can control is me playing better and when, when I had those reps in the first half, and I didn't do that, so I gave him the opportunity to pull me. He did, and uh, it is what it is. So you just got to move forward, uh, accept it, and, and continue to be a great teammate. But um, it's it, it's just a tough deal sometimes. Mitch, there was a, a deep shot to Anthony right before the end of the half. Just wondering what uh, what you saw in that play and maybe just sailed it by a yard or so. Yeah, just uh, – just missed it. Just missed it. Those are the plays you, you got to make, especially in a big situation right before half. Um, it was actually the, the same exact last play that Anthony Anthony caught. So mine, I overthrew it, and Nick had a really good throw to, for the go-ahead win. Um, and, and that's how it goes. You got to make those throws. So that's on me. And But the guys didn't give up. We came back to it uh, in the fourth quarter, and, and it came up big for us. So it's uh, – I got to make that throw in the first half, but uh, I'm glad that the guys finished it off in the fourth half and the fourth quarter, and we got to win. It's too bad because you could hear Mitch is like everybody loves him. He's 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 a great guy. Nobody will deny that, but he's just not a great quarterback. And he tells you, you know, I mean, I don't know, like just missed it. You know, I don't know if he he means I just missed the throw or if he means literally just missed it because clearly it was not close. He overthrew Anthony Miller by probably a good 10 yards, and he he never even had a chance to make a play on that ball. So it seems like this is probably the last time we will be hearing from Mitch in a postgame form, you know, barring injury for a while here because Nick Foles leads the Bears to a huge comeback win in Atlanta. I'm Jeff Meller alongside Howard Griffith here. We're your postgame show. Whenever a Bears game wraps up, we're here for you two hours after the game. We'll let you hear from Nick Foles coming up, and also Jeff Dickerson will join us and let us know what he thought back in just two minutes on ESPN 1000. The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. That most definitely plays a role, you know, um, uh, having your offense go out there and, and push the ball down the field, maybe give us a chance to, to catch our win before we go out and compete again. Um, those, all those things play a role when it comes to, uh, you know, momentum in the game, just making sure that you have the proper energy, um, starting pushing things in your direction. It, it, it all benefits us. Bears defensive tackle Akeem Hicks talking about Nick Foles, providing a little bit of energy for the defensive unit, knowing that uh, they're going to push the ball down the field a bit. In a huge, triumphant, come-from-behind victory for the Bears in Atlanta. Bears win 30-26 to with 24th quarter points. I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We're talking with you, the fans. We're here for another half hour here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. Um, we will bring in, uh, we'll let you hear from Nick Foles as well. We just heard from Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy last hour, but... Mike is in East Chicago. He wants to talk about a Bears winner with Howard Griffith. Hey, Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. One of the things I wanted to say was that, um, you know, what people need to also realize is that 
um, you know, this offense with uh, with Foles at the helm, I think that uh, it'll allow Matt Nagy to open it up because he doesn't have to limit what he can do to maybe just one side of the field or just the progressions that uh, that that it seems like um, that Trubisky can handle. Now, this is the same kind of offense that that was good enough for a quarterback like Alex Smith or good enough for a, a car, maybe even a Carson Wentz or somebody like that. And that's all we need. We just can't have anybody that just can't execute the offense. So now it sucks having Tariq Cohen go down because he was such a uh, could have been a, a prominent force in the in this what I call the new offense. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully um, we'll be able to see more of the offense and he can open it up more because it's designed to get thirty points a game. And with thirty points a game, we can win just about every game. Yeah, Mike, you make uh, another. Hey, Jeff, the callers have been right on point today. I mean, this right? is, this has been great. Mike makes a great point when you start talking about being able uh, to put points on the board and being able to open up this offense and, and be explosive because that's what they want to do and that's what they, that's what they want to be. So when you can get a quarterback that has experience in an offense um, that, that they want to run, that's going to give a boost to everybody. We heard it from Hicks, right? He said the team can go out and score points. It gives us a chance. We don't get frustrated because we know we're only going to be over here on the sideline for three plays because the offense isn't going to be able to get a first down. So that's the energy uh, that this offense is hopefully going to continue to bring uh, in the coming weeks. Absolutely. That big Nick energy is there, as I've been talking about all day, Howard. Yeah, it is, it is too bad. Like, it's, you, you want to be positive, but, of course, Tariq Cohen uh, likely tearing his ACL, Matt Nagy, confirmed in the post game obviously they're going to have an mri but you know in all reality he's probably torn his acl which means he's done for the year so that is a huge blow because he's explosive and it's disappointing because i would have liked to have seen how they used him with nick Foles under center i've said all along um i i i was i always thought matt Nagy was handcuffed by the fact that he never truly trusted mitch trubisky to go through his progression and, and his reads and be able to put the ball where it was designed to go. You know, it was always that touchdown to check down mentality that Matt Nagy has talked about time and time again. Truth is that if Trubisky was found himself in a position where it was a zone defense, I, I never felt like Matt Nagy co- could count on his quarterback to go to where the play was designed. And unfortunately, you know, that ultimately I think is what short circuited, not just the bears offense, but Matt Nagy as a play caller, that is something going forward. I think we'll truly be able to, you know, um, be, now we can go forward and be critical of Matt Nagy, knowing that Nick Foles is going to, I think, you know, deliver the ball where it needs to go or where it's supposed to go. And so now I think we can feel confident that Matt Nagy as a play caller, you know, is going to feel a little more confident in all his play designs. And um, I think, you know, Bears fans, you can truly now look at Nagy a little more critically. You know, you can say, right. OK, yeah, you've got you've got Nick Foles under center. Hey, you know. Go do what you, you what Ryan Pace brought you in here to do, and you can trust the quarterback will you know do what the plays are intended to do. And also being able to get you out of in and out of different plays, right? Mm-hmm. At the line yeah. of scrimmage, being able to make some calls, and maybe there were some some things that uh, because he has experience in this offense, he has a feel for and knows what he's going to see versus some certain defense plays that are going to work. So you also gain. Uh, that value experience on the field under center with a guy who's very familiar with this offense. And as, like I mentioned, be able to get you in and out of, uh, get you in some good plays and out of the bad ones. Nick Foles met the media shortly and talked about the opportunity to get in the ball game and lead the bears to a win. Here's what he sounded like. 
Um, what was the conversation like? Yeah. Um, it was just something where, you know, on the sidelines, Coach Nagy just said, hey, you're in. Just uh, get warm. And it was as simple as that. Nick, how are you able to go in in a situation like that, knowing you're going to have to throw, knowing you guys are down and things have gone poorly, and have that, uh, that presence of mind and calmness that you had? I think uh, just from experience playing this game, um, obviously, you know, practice throughout the week, you don't get reps. So you're constantly getting mental reps and uh, being prepared and running the scout team, just trying to play ball. And it really came down to, you know, we were down by a little bit and our defense did a great job of holding them and uh, just going out there playing ball, trusting guys, watching the defense, watching the secondary, getting us a good plays if we need be and executing. Um, you know, the way I approach the game is one play at a time. So it's not easy coming in cold like that, but if you can approach it with the mindset, hey, just one play at a time, you can't get all the points back in one throw, um, that helps a lot. Hey, Nick, uh, can you walk us through the, the game-winning touchdown to Anthony, kind of the play, how you saw it come together in the throw? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, we sort of had two plays on, and uh, we didn't know if they were dummy in their look. They had sort of got me earlier in the game and swiped back to two high safeties when they were, it looked like they were bringing everyone. So we were able to configure a pretty cool little – two-play play, and, you know, they showed a, what we call a zero blitz, and we were able to check it and get the ball snapped quickly, and, you know, line did their job to give me just enough time to throw it, and a mill was right where he needed to be to catch it, and he made a great play. So that's a, that's a fun way to win a game when they bring one more than you can handle, and we execute it. Nick, just following up on that, how much of that throw did you see? You got, you got hit pretty good right as you were releasing it, and, and when did you know it was good? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't see a whole lot. When we were in the huddle, I had explained to Anthony that if I do happen to kill it, I'm going to throw it to the L. So get to the L on the L, and it'll be like a pretty stiff ball. So I just knew just in case that I didn't have time to get it off cleanly that uh, he would be there. So we had that conversation, and he did his job. We executed. Nick, you know, you uh, you both talked about the way you guys supported each other during the quarterback battle um, in the off season. What, what is the emotion like to watch him get pulled? Obviously you want to go in because you want to play um, and you do go in and you succeed and win the game. I'm just wondering what's, how do you kind of put, put into words all of those emotions after a game like that? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotions and that's the toughest part of the game. And I think the biggest thing, and I said it from the beginning, this is how I approach the game. The QB room, the foundation of it should be, you know, friendship, getting to know each other, being brothers. Um, and, you know, that stayed true to today. He was amazing. Um, I, I've been where he's been, and it's not easy. But he, he, had, he was supporting me 100%. I, I know the emotions are real because I've been there. I've been there recently. Um, but I'm grateful that, you know, throughout training camp and throughout the start of the season, um, we've continued to build that relationship to where when something like this happens that really, it really sucks. It does. Um, we're able to be genuine and support each other through it all. And that's why this game, when you can do it the right way, is really special. Um, Mitch Trubisky is an outstanding quarterback. He's got a bright career ahead of him. I don't, you know, this is just one day. And uh, I know throughout my life, anytime I've had trials and everything, um, it's equipped me to be a better person and a better player. Not saying that you wish on anyone, but 
we'll be there and I'm excited to go to work. I don't know what the situation is or whatever, but I was really grateful for how we handled it today. He's a team guy and he showed that leadership today. Hey, Nick, as an offense, how demoralizing is it to have two touchdowns replay reversed off the board? And then as the leader on offense, do you have to kind of, I don't even want to maybe say pep talk, but you have to remind everyone that we're still in this game and we need to overcome that adversity? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. We had two, uh, you know, touchdowns called back. One, you know, in my history in the NFL, if it's 50-50, it usually goes to the uh, offense. This, This time it didn't, so... That was interesting. That was a first for me. And then obviously the second time, we just, you know, it happens. That's part of the game. But I'd say the big thing is it's not really a pep talk. It's just keeping guys going, continuing to talk to them. You know, I I don't really worry about the score because you can't score 16 points with one throw. You can only score six. So I knew that, hey, one play at a time, this is what we're seeing. This is what I'm thinking. Hey, be ready for this, you know, and just staying in the game and trusting our defense. It's a team game. And uh, we were able to, you know, stick together and play together through a lot of adversity today and uh, come out on top in a crazy game. So nothing too crazy. Just continue to talk to the guys on the sidelines. Hey, Nick, at one point on the broadcast, we saw you looking at Matt's play sheet and kind of pointing at plays. Uh, I'm curious, just in terms of your comfort with him as, as a play caller, how would you describe it in terms of what you want to do, he wants to do? It, it just definitely seemed more aggressive when you got in the ballgame? Yeah, I mean, in you know, reality, this is Coach Nagy and I's first time ever. This is his first time really calling plays for me since we've known each other. Um, just because in KC, he would send the play in, but it was through uh, Coach Reed. So, But we've known each other. He knows how I am as a player. And I think the big thing was I was just highlighting plays I liked. And I just said, hey, if for some reason they give me something else, I'll get to something else. I feel perfectly comfortable with that. And he just let me be me, and he let me – you know, that's the big thing as a player. All you can ask as a coach, just, hey, go be yourself. Do what you got to do. I trust you. And uh, we were able to make some plays and, you know, do some things at the line and have some fun uh, doing it and executing. So it was big. Hey, kind of along those lines, Jimmy was telling us that you were kind of ad-libbing some stuff uh, up at the line of scrimmage. Just did, did that relationship with Coach Nagy kind of allow you to feel comfortable going in and, and running the offense the way you wanted to run it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was the first time with me that he saw me do that in person. I'm sure, you know, through his relationships with, uh, you know, Coach Peterson, that he sort of knew what, you know, he was getting into. But he trusted me. The big thing was he said, hey, if you see something, go with it. And, uh, you know, there was a few times where I was able to get through to a couple of things and recognize the defense. And, um, you know, that's always fun when you can do that because it helps your team. And we were fortunately – you know, able to execute on a lot of those plays. And, you know, that, that makes us more dangerous. Nick, uh, how much more comfortable are you right now than you were the day Nagy said, hey, Mitch is going to be our starter at the beginning of the season? I, you didn't get a ton of practice reps, right, from, from that point moving forward. So how different is the feeling right now for you? I think the big thing is uh, all this is so new. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, wasn't expecting this today. Um, Obviously, we went out there today and got a win as a team. Um, I felt good out there. Not perfect, but I felt good. Um, As I've been here since, you know, training camp, I've I've gotten to know my teammates more. I've been able to run scout team and do different things to develop those relationships to where, you know, when you're on the sideline during a game, we know each other more as teammates than we did during training camp. So that's 
important. But once again, this is one game. Um, we have a long road ahead, and we'll look at the film and see how we can continue to improve and um, focus on the next one. But I always use a 24-hour rule to deal with any emotions of a game, win or lose. You got 24 hours to deal with them, and then life goes on. It was 26 to 10 when Nick Foles entered the game. The final score is 30 to 26. Bears triumphant in a comeback win in Atlanta. Jeff Dickerson watched it. He'll tell us what he thought of the game next. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. the sound of me ripping up my game notes because once the Bears went to Nick Foles, Howard Griffith, they completely changed the narrative. The Bears have a huge 30-26 to win over the Falcons with 24th quarter points once they turned to Nick Foles in a, a just uh, an injury-ravaged Atlanta Falcons team. The Bears get a huge win and now are 3-0 and in the NFC. Yeah, it's big time. It's, it's huge confidence boost and you know, listening to some of Nick's comments uh, about being able to go to the line of scrimmage and being able to get them out of bad plays and, and for him to know that, that now he says, go ahead and do it. So you, you can hear the trust and the confidence uh, that Nick Foles has in, in being able to uh, run this offense. So it'll be good to see what he looks like next week, right, after having a full week of getting all the reps uh, and not having to worry about scout team duty. Again, we're here two hours after every Bears game. Once the game goes final, I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. Of course, you know Jeff Dickerson. He covers the Bears for ESPN and also for us here at ESPN 1000. J.D., uh, I will mention, too, it was a great win for Bears fans, but, of course, the Bears lose Tariq Cohen for the season with a likely ACL injury. Uh, I'll let you start there and then pick it up and go anywhere you want after that. Sure, guys. Well, that's a big loss. I mean, Tariq Cohen does a lot for this team, not just in the backfield, but catching passes and on punt return where he, he got hurt. It, it looked bad as we all saw it in real time. It looked bad when, when Brian Hill got pushed into the back of Cohen's leg and then he clutched that knee immediately and couldn't put any pressure on it walking off the field. So you knew that was going to be a serious one. And Matt Nagy uh, did tell us on our zoom call that it looks like uh, Cohen has the ACL. So, so that will be a big loss. Uh, you know, guys, the bears are three and oh, and it's not a great 3-0, and but you know what, guys? It's 3-0. and <laughs> And in the NFL, where so many teams are dealing with so many injuries to big-name players. Now, losing Tariq Cohn, of course, is not a great development for the Bears, but you look at what San Francisco's report looked like today. You know, all these big names in Denver going out, quarterbacks being lost. The Bears are 3-0 and in a year where, you know, everything is expanded. Um, they got a great shot. They really do. And I think what happens now is, you know, Matt Nagy would not confirm to us that Nick Foles is going to start next week against Indianapolis, but I kind of have to figure, guys, he's going to start. I mean, I can't imagine he's going to go back to Mitch right now. I'm not saying that Trubisky – I'm not saying you've seen the last of Mitchell Trubisky now. You know Mm -hmm. things happen. Injuries happen. You know, Nick Foles needs to play well to to hang on to the job. I don't think anything is given at this point, but – I think for next week, you ride the hot hand, you ride the momentum, and you go with Foles, who is not as athletic as Mitch, 
But what he does, guys, is he sees the field a lot better. I think everyone can agree to that. He sees the field better. He's way better on the downfield throws. And that's the stuff that gets Trubisky in trouble. I mean, you know, Nagy said the interception where he did not see the defender uh, in front of Jimmy Graham was the tipping point. But, guys, I might say that that missed throw to Anthony Miller before halftime, that's got to be completed. And we have seen him miss so many times the wide-open guys on the big shots down the field. So I think all it all just kind of led to a head. And, um, you know, they weren't playing well. They were down against a team that was just, you know, destroyed because of injuries. Uh, but the Bears were giving them reason to think that they could win that. Uh, so Nagy makes the move, and, and Nick Foles, at least for one day, makes the head coach look like a genius. J.D., I'm interested in what you think about um, just how much more this offense can do with Nick Foles under center as far as his experience in the game. How much further can this offense go? You know, I, I think it, it, it can get better, and this is why, Howard. And I really do think, though, it's important for everyone to remember that, you know, Nick Foles has had a lot of ups but also some downs in his career. You know, he, he's on, what is this, his fourth team now? You know, he spent time in Philadelphia, Kansas City, Jacksonville. He lasted one year with the Jags. He got hurt, but he was only there for one year. He was a third-string quarterback at one point with the Chiefs. So I am not telling you that the Bears are putting Joe Montana on that field or anything, okay? But I think what he does is, you know, he can set, they can set up the deep plays. And I just don't think any team really respects Trubisky's ability to get that ball down the field consistently enough. So teams are able to sit more underneath on third down because they know more times than not where he's going to go with that ball, what he's comfortable doing. And I think that limits what Matt Nagy can accomplish on offense. I really do. I think the deep strike down the field is a big part of what he wants to get done every week. And I just think with Trubisky, it's way too inconsistent. I just come back to consistency. Again, no one's saying that Nick Foles is a Hall of Famer here. But I think, Howard, what he's proven is, when he's healthy, he can play at a fairly consistent level that's pretty good. And I think right now the Bears would take that versus with Trubisky, you might ha- you have some moments where, hey, it's, it's better than pretty good. I mean, that fourth quarter in Detroit – was really good, you know? That first half against the Giants was good. But you also have those lows that get so low. I just don't think they can afford to do that anymore. But, again, but, but this is just going to be week to week now. I, I don't think you can sit back and say this 31-year-old quarterback is going to stay healthy and play great for the rest of the year. But I think right now, until further notice, he's got to have the job. That's the voice of Jeff Dickerson. Of course, he covers the Bears for ESPN. I'm Jeff Meller alongside two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. J.D., it's interesting because so often, you know, franchises will, you know, when, no matter how they get the win, they will put the proverbial bow tie on a cow pie. And <laughs> you'll be looking at it and you'll say to yourself, boy, they won the game. But what they're telling us doesn't really feel, you know, like they're telling us the truth. But I'll tell you what, today I, I truly feel like, wash away all the bad things the way that game was playing out the bears were trailing 26 to 10 and it was abysmal and yet even though it wasn't they didn't do so in resounding fashion because the falcons were ravaged by injury and you know at at one point there the bears actually had to slow down because they were going to score too quickly to take the lead it's like they they put nick Foles in they come back and and i'm willing to forgive 
you know, the first three quarters because I, I do feel like, you know what, Nick Foles gets all the snaps. This I, I'll, I'm going to assume, but I think Nick Foles gets yeah. all the snaps in, you know, in, uh, in this week. And then Matt can, can game plan for a guy who he trusts to carry out the plays. And it feels like now at 3-0 and with Nick Foles under center, the Bears season has finally begun. You know, you know what, too? For two things to that, you're right. I mean, that's pretty impressive coming off the bench like that with no practice time. Howard can tell you that's, that's really hard to do. And then on top of that, you know, Matt Nagy has this relationship with Nick Foles, but he had never played, he had never called plays in a game where Nick Foles was the starting quarterback in a regular season game that mattered. So, I mean, there's some feeling out there as well. I think it was pretty impressive. And then he could have had two more touchdowns if they're not taken mm-hmm. off the board. I mean, Anthony Miller certainly should have caught that ball. And you know, that was a tough play for Allen Robinson, but could have gone either way on that one. So I think that's number one. But number two, you know, Jeff, and I feel strongly about this. And this is why I appreciate Matt Nagy more than maybe others. He's never told you they're great. He's never said that. I feel that he is pretty blunt. They were lucky to be 2-0. and They're lucky to be 3-0. and You know, when he, after games, he talks about, hey, I'm really happy the way we fought back. You know, we're really, we, we feel relieved. We, you know, we, we're really happy to be at this point because we know it could have gone the other way. I think that's easier to root for than someone who goes up there whose team is 3-0, and it's a soft 3-0, and and, uh, you know, they act like they're, uh, you know, God's gift to football coaching. You know, we've had some guys like that in town. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's how Matt Nagy is. So, yeah, I, I do think that that Foles will help, but I still think the defense has got to play a lot better. They've got to be more consistent, and they're going to play better teams. They, they have played three lousy teams, and you just you knew it. I didn't have to be in the beautiful Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta to know that the Falcons were going to choke that game. I mean, you could feel it from your TV. They've got no confidence. It was shot after last week's collapse against Dallas. And they were going to collapse again today. But, but yes, I do think that there should be optimism that they're 3-0. and And no matter how they got to 3-0, and here we are. And it's only going to take, you know, six more wins, you know, maybe seven more wins. And, and this team is a legit, uh, you know, playoff contender here. What about the run game? Uh, outside of the long 45-yard um, run by Mitch. There was a lot of inconsistency there yeah. as well, and really the old line was getting shoved around today. How how can they fix that? Yeah, and again, Howard, you know they get so out of whack because they're falling behind. I mean, they're, they're, I don't. It's amazing they've come back from these two deficits the way they have, right? But I mean, that run game is built to sit on the lead and then bleed the clock out and run the ball, and um, I, I think that plays a, a big role in it. I thought early on, I, you know, I loved that early, that third down play to Tariq Cohen early in the game and those delayed handoffs, Howard. They were having some, some good luck with those. But then as they fall behind, then more pressure went on the quarterback, and then he starts making more mistakes and plays are missed, and then everything just gets all, gets all messed up. So hopefully, too, another byproduct of Nick Foles, guys, is that if he just plays more consistent football for them, they won't find themselves in these, you know, panic mode, sound the alarm situations where they're down 16 points to a terrible team, and now they got to throw the ball to come back, and they're going for it on fourth and eight. When in normal circumstances, you kick a, you, you kick a field goal, hmm. but they, you know, they're getting so desperate, they don't know what, you know, they, that play was dropped. Um, that could have come back and bit him at the end when Foles was still in there at quarterback. 
But yeah, Howard, I, I think so much of it is when they get out of the flow and they fall behind, I think they have a hard time being patient and winning at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure how at this stage you fix that other than just say, don't fall behind to a team like that by, you know, 16 points on the road because you're not going to get lucky like that most weeks. All right, J.D., uh, I know you'll be all over the station tomorrow and throughout the week, but any final observations before we spring you here? Well, Cap's off tomorrow, right? So He uh, is. for the, He's observing gonna, the holiday. Miss Although, that. a little sneak preview. Uh, I've My text chains have been blowing up, and I believe he is uh, potentially recording some takes for the folks out there. So uh, don't oh. worry. Just because it's a holiday doesn't mean Cap, his voice will be heard on the station. Okay. I promise you that. Well, it's important that I see him uh, in front of his uh, outdoor fireplace uh, giving his take uh, on, on Mitch. Um, that's okay. We'll have, we'll have plenty of time for that. No, look, look I, I'm going to say this one thing about Trubisky here. You know, I, I shouldn't let stuff like this bother me, but even at my older age, it, it gets a little annoying sometimes when guys, you know, sneak out of the locker room and avoid talking to the media. Now, this year it's impossible because there is no locker room for us, and it's all Zoom call. But I thought for Trubisky to stand up there and take questions for five minutes and show up to a Zoom after losing his job and his career and his future is complete peril right now, I thought that, was, that said something about at least the fact this guy's a professional. And now what he does from here, guys, you know, he, I still believe at some point he might get a chance to go back in and we'll see how he is without those reps in practice. I don't know, but I think he's gonna, if he takes the right approach, um, maybe he pulls a surprise later in the year. I don't know. We'll see. It's a, it's a good point, J.D. Well, uh, thanks for hopping out with us. We do appreciate it, and we'll be listening all week to you. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Take care. Uh, all right. That is Jeff Dickerson. Again, he covers the Bears for ESPN and ESPN 1000. Hogriff, we've got ourselves an undefeated 3-0 Bears team. And, uh, man, yes. it, it, <laughs> we, we got here in a weird fashion, but it is undeniable they are undefeated. We are going to be back at it again next Sunday. We're here every time after a Bears game for two hours, taking your calls, letting the fans react, and hearing from J.D., Matt Nagy, and whoever the Bears quarterback is. want to say thanks to my man Sean Davis for uh, pushing all the buttons back at the shop. Again, he's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Keep it locked to ESPN 1000. We'll have all the Bears breakdown. And, of course, Major League Baseball playoffs. They start next week. We have two playoff teams here in Chicago for you, Cubs and Sox. We'll be talking about that as well. So thanks for listening. I'm Jeff Meller for Howard Griffith. Go Bears. The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Go Bears take the lead with a minute 53 seconds remaining. They were well experienced in that club dub there. Nice little breakdown couple booms in there. Go Bears!